Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's up? My name's Adam Hogue alongside Nicholas Moriano. We got to watch actual football today at Hell. So watch again, I shouldn't call it actual football, but there were footballs and there were football players and they were on grass and we got to watch it. Uh, and that's always refreshing, even if it was pretty damn cold over in Lake Forest. Yeah, and I, I definitely underdress as I was talking to you. You know, while we're at that practice, Adam, like I didn't bring gloves, a hat. You were you were ready for the elements. I I was not. I I will admit I dropped the ball on you a little bit. I sh- I I should have told you that there was a good chance practice could be outside. Um, you don't really know. No, I figured it would be. I figured yeah. it would be, but I just like, yeah, you know, the bomber jacket will be just fine for, for today, and I was sadly mistaken. So tomorrow I'll have a, a chance to redeem myself. Now, 40s in Lake Forest, you might as well dress like it's uh, 20, like in the 20s. So uh, anyway, welcome in. I know there's been a, a lot of like buzz and reaction already today on Bears Twitter. So we're here. We, we, you know, we moved the show today on purpose from 11 a.m. to 5 o'clock so that we could get you the reaction from House Hall with the first mini camp under uh, Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields talked today, uh, Travis Gibson on the defensive side, which originally I thought was weird. And then when you actually saw who was there from the defense, you're like, okay, I kind of understood why Travis Gibson was the guy who talked today. Um, and so we'll get to all of that. There was some interesting movement on the offensive line. We've been talking about the offensive line all the time here on the CHGO Bears podcast. So we got to get to some of that stuff too. And, um, well, we might as well dive in, but hopefully you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Nicholas Moriano. If you haven't already hit the uh, notification button on YouTube, so subscribe, hit the notifications. That way you kind of know when our schedule changes. Also make sure you're following us on Twitter at CHGO underscore sports and underscore bears, because we do put the schedule out there and like the whole week schedule is on that Twitter account. So just to keep you guys updated, it's a good, good way to go about it. So, um, Anyway, why don't I start kick it over to you, Nick? Like, what was your biggest observation from the day, uh, whether it was from the press conferences or the practices? You know, I think it has to be just mechanically what Justin Fields was asked to do with Luke Getze and how they're going to kind of switch up a little bit of the mechanics to fit to fit what the timing and rhythm of the Bears' offense is going to be in Luke Getze's system. Now having that left foot forward instead of the right like he did with Matt with Matt Nagy. So that was definitely one of the big takeaways that I thought people were, you know, once they saw that news, like, oh, 
That's that's what they're doing differently. But I mean, Adam, look, the offensive line shuffle having the two tackles, Larry Borum now on the left side for now, for now, and and Tevin Jenkins on the right side, that right tackle position. But like Matt Eberflew said in his press conference, everything's fluid, and if they have to wait and figure that out until you know the first week of the season, they're they kind of have that approach and they're ready to do so. But I think when you look at like the Bears offense and all the question marks, like those are two things that are going to play into, well, how, how does this offense actually perform come this regular season? But I thought those are some of the takeaways from, I guess the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Well, let's start with fields. I, I do think the offensive line is a big deal, but um, we already got some comments in here kind of wondering about what that all means. And um, you know, I'll say this, the mechanical stuff matters, okay? And this is this can be like sort of downplayed, like, oh, just switching one foot's gonna fix everything. And nobody's saying that. But I I I was happy to hear this because it just goes to show that there was at least something. We all know that there's something that, that could be tweaked, but just Luke Getzi coming in and being like, All right, you were doing it this way last year with your right foot four. By the way, here's what's sort of funny too. I think the Bears are gonna be in the shotgun less in this offense. We're going to see more under center and maybe this isn't as big of a deal, but when you start talking about like the, the option game, read option decisions being made, um, Justin Fields last year in his rookie year had his right foot forward first, which impacts your drop. Okay. And your timing and rhythm, most importantly of your throws, because regardless of which foot you step forward, your feet need to end up in the same spot when you throw the football. It affects your accuracy a lot. So you're minimizing kind of an extra step in there. Or you might be adding a step if it's if you're trying to just get that rhythm and timing down with the wide receiver routes. But more likely, you're, you're shortening that time up. And we've talked a lot about timing with Justin Fields and getting the ball, rid of the ball quicker. I quickly looked at some of his college tape, too. Nick, when I got home, just to check on this to make sure like they weren't going back to something he did at Ohio State. The right foot did appear to be forward. I just looked at the Clemson game right at the end of his Ohio State career, and his right foot was forward in the shotgun. So this is a little bit of a change for him. And I do I can only assume that last year the coaching staff was like, all right, let's just keep it the way he had it in college, so we're not throwing too much at him here. Um, so it, it's really nothing more than interesting and. A specific example we can look at. It's something that's going to be different and maybe help them. And I find it interesting. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And, you know, he uh, Eberflus was asked about, you know, what are some of the things that Justin Fields can work on? And he said that he has seen the footwork is is actually improving. Now, he couldn't say whether or not that that's, um, you know, it, it's still too early on to say how much, but he did say it is going in the right direction. But, yeah, if, if that's what it takes for this Bears offense to be in rhythm because of the footwork being, you know, timed up with the receivers routes and the progressions that Justin Fields has to take. This is exactly the time where you start implementing that stuff in these, these voluntary mini camps. And I think from Mike, it, it was just obviously Nick. I think it was only Nick Foles on the offense. That was the only offensive player not there. And Justin Fields said he expected everybody to be at camp today, uh, especially on the offensive side. And that seemed to be the case. Yeah. And, and look, I don't want to, I certainly don't want to overreact to just one random practice with shorts on um, with, by the way, no defense today. I mean, they, they split up the field. So defense was on one. You're going against a scout team, basically that include half, half the 
players out there were coaches. So, you know, can't put too much stock in the results. I did think Justin Fields was really accurate today, though. Like, a lot of the passes were right in the hands at the high point, like kind of where they're supposed to be in stride. So it was at least something I wrote down. Not making any grand conclusions, obviously. Tomorrow, it sounds like they'll at least get some seven-on-seven, a little bit of team in there. Um, And maybe that, because, again, this all is about what happens when you're confused or what happens when you're rushed off your spot. So with no defense really out there, with no pass rush, uh, it. You know, you don't want to overreact, but things looked comfortable for Justin Fields today in his first day running a brand new offense with all new concepts. And they're trying to the biggest part about this all, honestly, right now is just getting the offense installed. Yeah, and that Matty Rafflees talked about that. He's like that Justin Fields looked comfortable. And he looked like he was in command of this new offense. So he mentioned that in today's presser. So, you know, it played out on the field on that first, you know, voluntary practice. And we'll see if it kind of transitions into tomorrow where the the defense will actually be involved. There'll be some seven on seven, some little team activities, um, what Matty Rafus was saying. So we'll see how that kind of translates and see if Justin Fields can build off of, you know, a, a good start. Anything else Justin said today while you were in there? Uh, at house hall that uh, stood out to you yeah so he talked about what andrew Janoco has kind of what he, how he's been so far um you know just to this team is like positive vibe detailed and he just loves the game and adam when i was just watching today andrew Janoco literally after every single play he, he has something to say to justin fields so just Fields to do a bootleg and maybe not even throw the pass but andrew Janoco is there every single time and I, you know, I've read like things about him, like how detail oriented he is. Well, this is the first time I get to see him in action and the guy is constantly going there, but that was something that Justin Fields also pointed out just how detailed Janoko is. And, you know, with this new offense being implemented, you can't skip anything. So like, you can't skip over that footwork that needs to be worked on. Now that needs to be, you know, just worked on at this point so that when it comes to the season, you're not overlooking anything. You've worked on it at this voluntary mini camp, but I thought that was a you know another takeaway that I had here, but I think too what what Justin was saying, like he's still getting to know like you know Matt Eberflus, he's getting to know Ryan Pulse, just as people, and that's going to come obviously with time. But that's that's kind of what this this period is for, getting to know your teammates, all the new people that are coming in, and that's what you know Justin Field mentioned in his presser day. Well, for the timing to work. With the footwork and all that, he needs protection in front of him. So, and I feel like nobody has talked more about and breaking down the possibilities of this Bears offensive line more than we have, despite understanding that there might be one or two, maybe even three more guys added to the equation here in the next couple of weeks with the draft and that extra wave of free agency that happens after the draft. Um, very interesting, though, today, the combination on the offensive line wasn't a shock to me. But it was almost like a um, relieving, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It was relieving. I was relieved to see what the combination was. Um, it's what I thought it should be going into minicamp. And we've talked a lot about how with Olin, too, a lot with Olin Kurtz about what the Bears should be doing with Tevin Jenkins. And, like, he's talked about a lot about how he hasn't, Olin hasn't really talked to anybody who thought, Jenkins was a left tackle coming out of college. Um, and so he's a right tackle today. 
And Larry Borum, Larry Borum was the one at left tackle. Now, one of the reasons why I like this is because it was a very small sample size. But I liked what I saw from Larry Borum. I've said this on, on the show a few times already. I liked what I saw from him on the left side. Now, Olin also seems to think that he might be better off long-term at going to guard. We'll see. But considering that this is what they have now, these are the guys they have on the roster at this moment, I think the chances of Jenkins having better long-term success at one position is at right tackle. And I'd like to at least see what Larry can show you at left tackle before you make a move to guard, which may be necessary depending on who they draft. Because the other thing we saw today was that hole at right guard is still yeah, there. We def- Sam Mustafer was at right guard, um, as some have pointed out on Twitter, instead of, um, I guess we would have thought maybe Dakota Dozier in that spot. Maybe, yeah. But, so, yeah. And- yeah, no, I mean, I think what it, like I think there's a comment here. What having these guys play at the position that they played in college? What a concept! Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what you know. That's it's crazy to think, right? But that's that's what the Bears threw out here for this first voluntary practice. And you know, I think there was such a small sample size with Tevin Jenkins uh, last season that I don't. It, it doesn't hurt to put him back there where he played in college at Oklahoma State. So I think this is a good move by the Bears and. Like Iberflus was saying, this is fluid. I wonder. Oh, let's see where they where they're at tomorrow. I have a feeling that they're still going to be in the same exact spots that they were today, um, and so they could build off of that because we've seen how often that the Bears just like to fluctuate their offensive linemen, whether it was James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, just switching every offseason. You know, if they can have some continuity at the position that they're going to play at and stay there moving forward, I think that helps them in the long run. But yeah, they're like we did see Sam Musfer right guard. I don't know why for some reason I didn't even expect that. Like I don't know, like I just, I thought Lucas Patrick's there, Sam Musfer's just out of the equation. But he's at right guard for now. We'll see how that all shakes up once the draft actually happens. Well, the one thing about Musfer, like if his what what his biggest strength probably is is understanding the playbook and knowing what to do, which is a huge part of football, an enormous part. It's the first part of football that like you have. You can't do something right unless you know what you're supposed to be doing. And Sam Mustafer is a little bit undersized. He was at center, so he's definitely undersized at guard. But he is somebody you can rely on to at least know what he should be doing. So mm-hmm. that makes you a pretty damn valuable backup center. Because at any given moment, if your starter goes down, you at least know the guy coming in is going to get the snap count right, going to get the, get the snap off, understand the protections, and you're going to be okay there. The problem is with the way game day rosters are set up and who's active and who's not, you really need that guy to be able to play guard too. They, that, mm-hmm. that, that backup has to be versatile, play center and guard. We don't really know at this point if Sam Mustafer can do that. So... Look, I'll be shocked if Sam Mustafer is a starting right guard in week one. Um, I think that's a product of the fact that there's really only like 50 guys on the roster right now. Okay, yeah. so. Um, it, but it, while you have it, take advantage of the opportunity to see what he can do there. Um, granted, offensive line of all these positions with the way practices are, no contact, no pads, all like it's tough to evaluate these guys, but at least get him going through those motions, understanding what the assignments are at a different position, so that if you get to training camp and you want to see what he can do, 
um, and possibly be that center slash interior, you know, backing up both of those spots, you're off to a, you know, a start here with that. And I'm curious to see how he takes advantage of that. But yeah, I think at this point, like if he couldn't be your starting center and you went out and replaced him, uh, he shouldn't really be your starting right guard. I think he has a chance to be a valuable backup though at those spots. Yeah, I think a backup is where Sam Mustafer should have been, to be completely honest, before he was kind of thrust into the starting role a couple seasons ago. But if you have that knowledge, it's like that's like you said, Adam, that is valuable. And maybe that's where Sam Mustafer kind of shows his his worth to this new regime, this new head coach. And obviously Luke Getze is a new offensive coordinator. But yeah, as long as Sam Mustafer can can show that and you know you can feel comfortable with him. He has a spot as a backup, but I agree that you still need to put your best five out there. And today, like Sam Musfer was part of the best five because of, again, the numbers not being where the Bears are going to end up being, you know, come come the season. But once that happens, I think there will be somebody else playing the right guard position. I got to say, Larry Borman left and Tevin at right, like, that made me want to like get to late July and see the first padded practice, you know, like let's go, let's see what these guys can actually do when they can hit somebody. And then we're just not going to see that over these next, you know, couple months here with the off season program. But I was like out there today and I'm like, Oh, I just want to see what he's really doing at left tackle. They didn't even have a defense going today. Right. So, uh, but it, I still, it was, uh, the word is encouraging. I, you know, I obviously like when the, f- front office slash coaching staff is seeing what what everybody else is seeing for the most part. And I actually, I, I thought there were times early on in the Ryan Pace era where like a lot of that was happening. And then especially last year, I, it's just like, <laughs> what? No, I get like, you. Why is Justin Fields not getting first team reps again? Like this is, yeah. You know, I was almost just encouraged to see him do bootlegs. <laughs> like, is that, I don't know if that's stupid so low, but it's like, oh, they handed the ball off and the drill didn't end. He did a bootleg afterwards and threw the ball again. And it was, uh, who was it? it was Luke Getze who was running after Fields when he was throwing. I'm like, I like this already. <laughs> like, this is, this could work because now we're, we're, you know, putting Fields in a position that, hey, will capitalize on his strengths. But yeah, maybe I, I set the bar really low there, but I was like, I like that. Well, let's talk about briefly, though, what how this could all be impacted by the draft, though, because I, I still do think the Bears are in a situation where since they they have so many guys who are unproven. You could still go out and in a little bit teaser here, because later when we do our daily draft profiles, our pick of prospects, I do have a offensive tackle to talk about. So we'll get there a little bit later on in the show. But if you were to draft somebody who profiles as a potential left tackle, then you know I can still see Borum moving to guard. Like I, I truly do think that they're gonna let this play out, or do you kick Tevin Jenkins inside? Or maybe they like this combination and they pick a guard. The point is, I think they can there's a next enough flexibility here that in the second round, if they go offensive line, they truly can stick to the best position between like, is this guy, man, we got this guy. We think he's the best guard in the draft, right? And he's here and he's available. Let's just plug him in at right guard. We think he's a plug and play starter and you're more likely to find a plug and play starter at guard than you are tackle. Um, The problem I think is if you draft somebody who really profiles as a right tackle, 
I almost feel like then you got to move Jenkins inside and hope Larry Borum works out at left tackle. Like it, it kind of complicates things, but I do think the Bears can just draft the best of those two positions and let it sort itself out in training camp. And that would be the best position for the Bears to be in if they figured that's what they can go into the draft with that mindset. Just best player available. And if that happens to be someone that plays on the inside, so be it. But yeah, I agree with you. Like if that's if that scenario works out where you can't have Borum as your left tackle, Tevin Jiggs as your right tackle, and then you look at your board, like, okay, we can we don't have to be slotted to this specific position because we don't feel comfortable there. We can just take whoever is best available to make our best five on the line now. But yeah, I think, you know, if the Bears feel that way, that's what's best for the Bears moving forward. And we'll actually see if that plays out once, you know, the draft is here just next week. Almost here. Almost here. And we do have some more prospects to break down coming up. Uh, but first, the best way to support us at CHGO right now is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com. We will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better because now there's the live NBA same-game parlay. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Boost those live bets. So watch live, parlay live, boost live with PointsBet. Now online sign-up is available in Illinois. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish all from your phone. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Um, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. I just wrote about what Justin Fields kind of said today and how that factors into what the Bears are going to do moving forward. So you can go check that out on allchgo.com. And you also get a free t-shirt of your choice when you become a member. And you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows on every team, every day. And, you know, sometimes we switch it up. But if you're notified, guess what? You'll, you'll know exactly when we're going live, breaking down everything that's going on with the Bears. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. We also owe you... Our uh, pick of the week for points bet. Um, I think I'm going to go NBA here this week. Okay. You know, I have to say, we gave you a good one last week. We just gave you the wrong day. That's what, that's what it ended up being. Tim Anderson's yeah. reliable. Tim Anderson is a reliable guy. I, I just said <laughs> the wrong day. <laughs> um, I am loving this Timberwolves Grizzlies series, though. And tonight the T Wolves are six and a half point underdog. And I just think it's I, I like the T Wolves. I think it's been an up and down series. I think it's um I think the Grizzlies are probably the better team, but I think for the way the series looks to be, I think it's gonna be a little bit closer tonight than that. Yeah, as long as you're not uh like I, I feel feel for our DNVR, you know, squad over yeah, there because Golden State 
Oh man, they uh they put a number on them yesterday. It was, it was tough to watch. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, all right, and we want to ask you guys too, if you can, if you like the podcast, everything we're doing here, rate and review it, please. Those reviews help us. Uh, you know, if you can find the time, put a little review in there, rate it. That helps us out. So we appreciate you guys, all the loyal listeners, viewers who have been here every single day. Uh, thank you for that. All right. There were some players who were not at house hall today that we need to discuss and kind of how big of a deal this may or may not be. But there were a couple of names that surprised me, especially on the defensive side. Now, let's knock out the one on offense. You already mentioned it. Nick Foles, not there. Not surprising. I thought maybe there was a chance he would be just because he's Nick Foles, and it seems like for all the shit he gets and situations he ends up in, he's a really good team player. Um, but I guess when the GM tells the media he's trying to trade you, why well, show up to voluntary minicamp? It tells us a lot yeah, I think, I, about what you know his future is with the Bears this year. No, absolutely. When I you know didn't see number nine out there, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Alex Shapiro and I um, were talking like, who's not going to be here as we were walking to field number three? We're like. And none of us, we didn't say Nick Foles. And then when we didn't, you know, find him on our list, they were like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, given that that information is already out there. Sorry, right, Nick Foles, wherever you're at, probably somewhere warmer. You can stay there. Yeah, good for him. Um, the names that were a little bit more surprising. And again, this is honestly, this is a little bit tough for us because we don't know the circumstances. The coaches never want to go into it this because it's technically voluntary. So if they make it sound like a guy hasn't been participating, it comes off like it's a bad thing. So they never want to address it. But in some cases, it is a bad thing. So Eddie Jackson, not there today. Jalen Johnson, not there today. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, Robert Quinn. Not there today. Those were some big names on defense. Uh, and Mario Edwards, not there today. Yeah, that's three starters, Adam. Uh, that's three starters there. Robert Quinn, Jalen Johnson, A. Jackson, then Mario Edwards being the rotational player. Um, well, Iberflu said he's not concerned about Jackson not being there. That's who he was asked about today. But, you know, I was thinking, like, with this being a new you know, obviously a new defense going from 3-4 to 4-3, new coaching staff. You know, you just felt like maybe that they, those guys, those starters would be there, but it is voluntary, and that's the thing. Can we really dog these guys for, you know, not being there? We don't know the explanation why they're not there. Right. Um, it is Jalen yeah, Johnson's those, those birthday are, today. There we go. So that's a good excuse it, in itself. You know. I go to work on my birthday, but Hey, I, it, you know, he may, I don't know what's going on. It's, it, it's, I, I'm not going to make a big deal out of that one. Um, frankly, that only reason why that surprised me is just because he's a guy who seems like he's always there at work in. Um, mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson thing is interesting. Cause again, he may have just had a, a good excuse and not been there today. And you know what? We'll talk about this again tomorrow because maybe he's there tomorrow for all we know. But I think we're also kind of stuck here in the sort of hypothetical spot where I think we do at least need to address the possibility if he's not there and hasn't been there. Because remember, a big chunk of the defense didn't show up last year. That's why, to me, this is why this matters. You know, I, I'm sure some people are going to be like, oh, this is overblown. It's voluntary. They don't need to be there. Shh, that's all true. 
Last year, a lot of the defense didn't show up until they absolutely had to. And I thought it clearly hurt them. You know, when you got multiple blown coverages in your first game on Sunday Night Football and you're not touching players down on the ground. Um, so not going to make a huge deal out of it today. I do find it interesting that Eddie Jackson's one of those players on that list because for somebody that has a lot to prove and is switching into a defense, I think it help them. Remember, this is a new defense. They need to learn it. They need to go through his reps. I thought that that was at least very notable. Yeah, so I was kind of just looking at him real quickly because the Bears have been there, you know, prior to this this tri- this mini camp, uh, just kind of getting some, you know, working on like with the the strength coach and stuff like yep. that. And Eddie Jackson is in those photos. Like okay. I do see Eddie Jackson here, so he was there at that portion, um, whether that was a week or two weeks ago. And then, yeah, again, he's not here today. We'll see again. We'll be there. We'll be at Hallis Hall tomorrow. Maybe that changes. But, yeah, it's just with a guy that has been on the downward trend from that 2018 season and has not, you know, there's a mixed feeling about him with the fan base. Like, you wish, I think fans would wish that he was, would have been there today. But we'll see what ends up happening there. No, but that's that's at least notable that, you know, you, you did some detective work there. You know he's been there. Um it's not like he's holding out or anything then in that type, that type of situation. So um, that's noticeable. And then there's like Robert Quinn, like Robert Quinn to me could show up for the first game, put his hand out on the dirt, go after the quarterback. And I think he's proven enough that he works pretty hard. However, he trains that he could still play at a high enough level. I think there's a natural regression to expect this year just because of his age and sort of the up and down nature of how his career has been. But his position, put your hand down in the dirt, go get the quarterback. There's a little less nuance. Uh, it's more technique fundamentals, one-on-one matchups than there isn't necessarily a huge defensive transition. It's part of the reason why Khalil Mack, not to take anything away from what he did because it was the most incredible defensive performance I've ever seen. But part of the reason why he, got traded to the bears and a, literally a week later, less than a week later was dominating the Packers uh, with no training camp. Those guys can do that. So Robert Quinn, not as notable to me. Uh, interesting, but still, I, I, I just, out of these guys, I think Eddie Jackson's the, the name to watch. So, Hey, maybe he'll be there tomorrow. And actually, Adam, you mentioned, you know, a good point here because what, Matty Rafflees also talked about today is that players don't have to think as much in this defense and, you know, kind of to the point where like a Khalil Mack could show up and just go dominate. Like he's not thinking, he's just playing. And so that was something that also like Travis Gibson spoke today and quickly, like that's what he also talked about. It's like, yeah, with what the, the coach are trying to implement here is like, I could just go out there and play ball and not have to worry about dropping back into coverage. And that's why he said him transitioning from a three, four, back to a 4-3, which he did in college, he he doesn't feel like it's going to be that big of a jump because, again, he just that's what he was used to doing, and it, he doesn't have to focus on the, the motion in the backfield as much. Just go get the quarterback. So, you know, that's also, I guess, something that, again, for Robert Quinn, as old as he is and how productive he was last season, I'm okay that Robert Quinn wasn't there the first day of voluntary minicamp. Yeah, and again, some of this is just us reporting you what's going on and the players who were not there. Um, again, Mario Edwards Jr. was on that list too. Uh, there were a couple guys that walked out there late. 
but Desperate Horse Dad was one of them, yeah. and Atachu were yeah. the two players that that's and Atachu's obviously late. coming off an injury, so um, not surprising that you know you wouldn't have him going through a full practice at this point. So you know, not a big deal. We'll continue to monitor that, and um, yeah, Nick Foles though. Nick Foles, not that. I don't think you can trade him right now. Yeah. Which almost no. surprises me because I don't know, somebody who's proven himself as a good backup quarterback, the contract's not terrible anymore. Mm-mm. But then again, if the Bears were to just release him, the contract's even better, probably. So I don't yeah. know. I can't figure out the quarterback market anymore. Multiple picks going for Carson Wentz. Nobody wants Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I don't, it's, I don't understand it's an interesting it anymore. One. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, you know, maybe you hold on to a guy because you don't know what happens in these training camps. Sometimes players do go down, right? And so if that were to happen somewhere, you do have Nick Foles. Like, maybe that's where it ends up ends up going for, for Nick Foles in his career. But before we continue this conversation, Adam, I have to tell everybody and all of our listeners about CoinsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at allCHGO.com. And we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever. So you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, man. want to make sure you guys also know that we'll have some content going up at allchgo.com. Nick writing on... Uh, some of the happenings at House Hall today, my 10 Bears things up and available, uh, and we'll have more uh, next Monday, too, uh, my Bears things column with some of the all the observations from this week. Of course, shows coming every single day. Nice to have these practices to talk about some things to break down, even though it is April. And all of our teams have podcasts and live shows every single day. The postgame shows are awesome. Now that baseball started Bulls post game shows just straight fire, and uh, we got that watch party Friday yes. night at the Third Rail Tavern that we're all looking forward to. So this is what it's all about at CHGO, building this fan community, getting you guys all involved, and that's a great opportunity to come out and uh, hang out with us Friday night uh, with the Bulls watch party. And there's information on all this stuff at CHGO underscore Sports underscore all the teams bears that's our twitter account here front the bears team but we got you covered at the same spot for bulls socks cubs hawks all there for you and when you get that premium written content for members only at allchgo.com get that dope merchandise gotta start rocking that i guess out the practice field soon and you get a free shirt when you become a member that members only discord in the chgo lounge too where we interact with you in off hours things pop up uh and probably got some discussion we should have on there today after this first um practice for us to watch so all that stuff going on chgo we appreciate all the support and again if you can rate and review the podcast we appreciate you doing that as well all right 
still NFL draft season. I teased earlier that there was a um, that there was a offensive tackle I wanted to talk about, and I decided that before we went out there today and saw what the offensive tackle combination was with Larry Borm and Tevin Jenkins. But uh, I guess since I did a tackle, we could start. I'll start today and uh, going with a prospect from Minnesota, Daniel Fa'alele. Huge dude. Uh, 6'8", 384 pounds. I don't know if any of you guys have had a chance to watch this guy when he was in the Big Ten, but he just he just pops out on the television screen at left tackle um, because of how big he is. Bench press uh, 24, which is plenty good enough. Huge long frame, strong with powerful hands. This guy's story is incredible, Nick, because he was an Australian rugby player. Like he grew up in Australia and didn't, he transferred to IMG Academy in Florida, like as a junior, sat out to kind of learn the game and then went ahead and played as a senior, gets all these offers. And all the places it could have gone, he goes to Minnesota, which is interesting. <laughs> so crazy, yeah. So and anyway. he, like Adam, I got to see him at the Senior Bowl. The man is just so much bigger than everybody. Know, it's like insane. it's so noticeable, and you know, it for him to be able to move the way he does at the size that he is, it's like, man, that's that's just a rare talent. If he gets in the right team, if it is the Bears, if you can coach him up, like. You have a literal wall to block yeah. it for you, and that that's always good to have. And, and I, I think I misspoken there. I apologize because he played on the right side in Minnesota. Um, I and, and we're getting a lot of comments already coming in, like he's not a scheme fit. I don't know how you know that yet. Like this guy has just because he's big. Like if you watch when he when he gets his pass sets, like the amount of distance you actually have to cover as an edge rusher to get around him, it's like you're buying yourself time just with how big and long he is. Now there's some weaknesses, I think at times to some movements inside on him, which is a little, which is understandable. And the question I think is because he's so big, can he get out to the outside in the outside zone? He's already a freak athlete. And like, again, he's so raw still and hasn't, played a lot he sat out all of 2020 uh because of covid i just i don't think you can necessarily limit him um to any schemes yet i don't think we definitely necessarily know i think he's just kind of a big dude it can work but anyway we're just trying to share prospects with you every single day and that's one that i watched in the big 10 that i at least wanted to share with you i like the comment that's a mountain on wheels but I'll get to my prospect here, go, sticking with the offense, and I'm going with a wide receiver this time, Danny Gray out of SMU. And as you can see, like if you're watching this, speed is one of this guy's strengths. Ran a 4-3-3 at the combine, has the ability to break a corner's cushion. And with that speed, he can turn guys around. And when he runs these double moves, like you constantly see these cornerbacks looking like, um, Where's Danny Gray? Oh, he's behind me. Okay, I should probably try to go make up the tackle because, you know, he just broke our coverage. But he also tracks the ball really well. And I thought about Justin Fields and a guy like this. And, you know, Justin Fields talked about Chris Olave today, and he was one of the best ball deep ball trackers that he's ever played with. Won't say Danny Gray's to that level, but he's really good at it. And he just has production all over the field. He caught passes on all 
three levels, short, intermediate, and deep. So it's a guy that's versatile. has that versatility there. The one issue that, you know, I do have with like a Danny Gray, it's very similar. Like a Darnell Mooney is kind of like his size at 5'11", 186. How is he going to hold up in the NFL? And actually when I was watching Darnell Mooney today at practice, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see like the similar body types here with a Danny Gray, but you know, you want to see if he can compete not only in blocking, but just when he takes those hits. But this is a guy that started at the Juco level and eventually made his way to SMU and caught 49 passes for 803 yards, nine touchdowns. So productive, and he's projected to go in that fourth round. The Bears don't have a fourth-round draft pick, but you never know how this is going to all work out. Maybe he ends up in the fifth round. Who knows? But Or the Bears need a couple trades and end up with a fourth round. Exactly. So the Bears could be in a position to take a guy like this. Maybe he's gone by then. But like Adam said, we're here to kind of share some of these prospects. So if they do land on the Bears, like I would listen to that guy in the CHGO Bears podcast. I know what he's about. So that's uh, what I'm bringing to the table here. Danny Gray, SMU wide receiver. And a couple other observations from today to, uh, you know, round out the show. One is with the wide receivers. Yeah. Byron Pringle is bigger than I thought he was. That was one of the mm-hmm. observations I had today. Um, Equimania St. Brown is, I, we've seen him a lot in the NFC North. So I, you know, that wasn't no, nothing surprising there, but um, they had Jojo Natson out there today as a tryout player. Um, he's little, mm-hmm. but they had a few guys in there with some return experience, which I found interesting. Um the other one was Blazing Game, the fullback. That dude's yeah. tall for a fullback. And I looked at like when he was listed, he was listed at six feet. I'm like, I don't know, man. He looks like Matt Forte out there, like kind of tall and lean. He didn't look like a fullback to me. No, and when he was doing the blocking drills, um, uh, who was it? David David Walker, right? The, the Bears running backs coach? Uh, like... The way he was popping that bag, he was just moving back like, oh, okay. And, yeah, he's got some size and just some just some punch overall. So I was, like, making no like, yeah, he's going to tear up the bag if he keeps doing this drill anymore. But, you know, just to kind of go back to the wide receivers, though, Adam, like, there were some guys that I think were a little bigger in terms of physical appearance. But I just, like, man, that room just needs more guys, like actual, like, playmaker guys and i think you know this draft next week hopefully they can add to that room because i was watching darnell mooney kind of went off to the side by himself and was the only one working with tyke tolbert just on some route run just kind of some mechanic stuff and he was the only one there for a little bit but just overall i i just think the bears need to add more to that room so that justin fields and his bears coaching staff can feel truly confident in what they're throwing out there for luke getsy and, and fields yeah, I mean, and still, you just look at the roster and how income, like, lit, just based on numbers, like, regardless of what the depth chart looks like, they just have so many spots to fill still. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Uh, again, I, I for uh, offense that was playing against air for the most part and a couple of random players and coaches in, in a half scout team, you know, I thought I thought the passing game looked smooth. Uh, there was a couple instances where um, I think one of the s- first team snaps they had together, 
uh, it looked like the run either fields turned to the wrong side or the mm-hmm. running back went to the wrong side, stuff like that's going to happen. But I actually thought for the most part, like things were relatively smooth. I'm sure they weren't doing a ton today. Like they're installing things. So everything they put in the meetings, it's probably the most basic stuff at this point, but all right. Like it wasn't, I, I've certainly seen plenty of disastrous bears practices, even against air. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's, it was a decent start. I thought, you know, there weren't any fumbled snaps and that's a new quarterback in a center with Luke's Patrick. Right. So Good there point. weren't any of those things happening. There weren't, it didn't seem like there were any offside or false starts from, from either, either line there. So yeah, like there are some positives that you could take away just from this practice that was on air. And again, no defense or there are coaches out there for Justin Fields and the offense to go against, but you have to start the basics and the bears were kind of starting there and day one, they look good. The bears won. <laughs> the bears win. Want to take a one quick question from cliff before we got out of here. He said, would it bother you guys if the bears end up with a tackle guard and a three technique? With those three picks on day two. No, we've kind of had this discussion before. Like if they go two defensive players in the second round, I realize the wide receivers, they also need offensive linemen. They also need three techniques. So like, however they prioritize those, if they end up with two offensive linemen, I'm not complaining. They need to protect Justin Fields. They need to upgrade the line. And you're, you're greatly increasing your chances that you're adding a starter than on the offensive line. If you address both positions, because Ideally, you're going to get at least one of the two of them right, um, if not both. And three technique is a need we've talked about that they could easily go with. So I know people would definitely be upset at that point that they don't they didn't draft a wide receiver. But of all those positions, wide receiver is the one that you, especially if you could trade back at some point in the, on day two and add a fourth round pick, like you just brought up a fourth round wide receiver. There are other wide receivers that I think in other years. They're going to be available on day three when they probably would be gone in day two in most drafts. But because of COVID and a lot of guys staying in school, the talent pool is richer and we've seen it definitely a wide receiver. So that would not bother me at all. No, it wouldn't. And I actually had a article on allchshow.com looking at some of the second round wide receivers that have been drafted in the past five seasons. It's hit or miss, Adam. Like, are you going to get a DK Metcalf or are you going to get, you know, I mean, like a Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster is also a second-round draft pick, but it's just varying from where you can get in that second round. And like we've seen on this own roster, Darnell Moody's a fifth-rounder. So maybe the Bears wait until then and find somebody that can immediately contribute. But, um, yeah, if that were to be the case, the Bears are really setting up their both their lines to be what they want it to be. And that was an emphasis really from Ryan Poles, Matty Rufus, what they've kind of talked about already. All right, last thing uh, I just kind of want to have some fun with. One thing I saw from uh, Justin Fields today, one of the quotes, uh, we meant to get it in earlier in the show, but we can sneak it in here at the end. Um, But Justin Fields was asked today about um, what film he's watched with Luke Getze uh, from last year. And I don't know if we have the quote ready here to bring up, but um, his answer is basically, here it is. We haven't really watched too much tape on last season. We've been trying to install this new offense and try to get going on these new concepts. So <laughs> probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. I mean, like, you know, that was a lot. We keep talking about it being a throwaway year. It kind of feels that way. 
So maybe some of the mechanical differences that they're trying to emphasize, Hey, this is what you're doing last year, but like going into maybe some of that decision-making and things like that. I don't know what you're really going to learn from that. So I just, I uh, thought that that was an interesting quote to, to bring out here late in the show. So, all right. Blame field, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Well, good to have football back today, even in shorts, even in cold weather shorts, situation uh dress a little bit warmer tomorrow all right yep. got it <laughs> we put on an extra layer i was mad because i actually brought an extra layer that i left in my backpack back in the media room and i was regretting it the mm. whole time um but we'll be back out there tomorrow a couple more players will talk another practice they are expected to do more seven on seven and some team drills tomorrow so maybe we'll get an idea of what justin fields looks like against some of the defense, maybe some of those missing defensive backs will be there tomorrow. We'll find out either way. Follow us on Twitter for all the updates during the day. Nick is at Nicholas Moriano. I'm at Adam Hogue. We'll have more on at CHGO sports at CHGO underscore bears, all of those places. Make sure you're following us and we'll be right back here. Five o'clock tomorrow for another recap as we recap day two of Bears Minicamp right here on the CHGO Bears podcast. Talk to you tomorrow.